0: So you've got a great presentation lined up or a great sales pitch. You've done all the preparation. You're going to deliver it either in person or online. But what's the one thing that most people in that situation underestimate totally in terms of what could really influence your audience and help them maybe make a decision? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about with Susan Murphy on this week's podcast. Have you worked it out yet? You're listening to mine right now. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Better Presentations, More Sales podcast. This is episode 222, all the twos. My name is Trevor Lee, and I'm your host. And on this week's show, I've got Susan Murphy. Now, Susan has got a fantastic backstory in terms of her broadcast career. She works with TV reporters and anchors. And what she's going to share with you on this week's episode is all about how to use your voice better in a way that will help you win more sales pitches, deliver more successful presentations. It's a fascinating episode with Susan. You're going to really, really enjoy it. But just before we go and meet Susan, let me remind you that if you're new to this podcast, then you can subscribe on your podcast app. There's 221 previous episodes to access. And of course, if you need help with your presentation or your sales pitch in terms of the structure, the delivery and all things in between, then give me a shout. If you go on my website, trevorleemedia.co.uk, you can find a link to a 15 to 20 minute free Zoom call where we can have a discussion about your presentation or your sales pitch needs and then we can decide whether I can be of help to you or not. So without any further ado, let's go and meet Susan. Susan's going to be sharing some brilliant ideas with you and everything she shares I will put in the show notes as, as notes as well as details of how to contact Susan and everything about it. So let's go over and say hello to Susan. So, Susan, it's great to have you on the podcast. How are you today?
1: I am very well, thank you, Trevor. It's so nice to be here.
0: Great stuff. Now, would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and about the company that you founded not that long ago, I understand?
1: Yes, I've only been in business with this for about a year, but it comes after 40 years of being in the broadcast industry. Being everything from, I started out as you know a desk assistant in a newsroom. Then I became a traffic reporter and a morning drive host and a newscaster, a news director. Then I went to public television. I did a lot of producing and on air work for them. I was in academia for a while. I taught at Hofstra University in New York. Loved that. (laughs) And uh, then became a voice actor, and I still do that. And now I'm a broadcast voice coach because I decided that. For someone like me, who came up 40-ish years ago, a lot of TV people went through radio first, and that's where you learned vocal delivery. That's not true anymore. So a lot of young reporters and anchors don't have vocal training, and I thought I'd correct that. (laughs) Absolutely marvellous,
0: absolutely marvellous. Now, one of the lines you have on your website is, elevate your voice and elevate your career. And of course, mm-hmm. what we're going to share today is how to use your voice when delivering sales pitches and presentations and that sort of thing, Susan. So just tell us a little bit about the sort of things that people should be thinking about and how they can use their voice to, to deliver that, you know, to elevate their career or elevate their presentation.
1: Sure. One of the things that many people don't use is their authentic voice. And that's particularly true of women but I've coached men as well, particularly for men. It's always, it's generally a nerves thing. And when you're nervous, the pitch of your voice rises. So what I do is I teach strategies about how to keep that pitch down in its glorious, proper vocal range for women. It's a little different. We don't have testosterone. We don't have the larger Adam's apple. We don't have the larger vocal cords that men do. So, Women generally do have beautiful voices. They just don't know how to access them. And that voice and that energy has to rise from the diaphragm. So, what I teach is breathing from the diaphragm and how to access that all the time. Because whether you're on TV or you're on Zoom or you're having a serious conversation with your children or your significant other, learning how to use that proper voice commands attention. It tells your listener that you're serious. It gives you a position of authority. You're not a screaming Mimi. You're not running a mile a minute. So my strategies are just to help you. I I sometimes call it sink the pitch and then bring up that glorious voice. You want a couple of hints on how to do that?
0: Yeah, absolutely, we do. But let, let's just, uh, before we do that, just going back to that authenticity, because I know when I'm working with people on presentations, uh, you know, someone once said to me, just be the best of you for the, you know, the you know, be yourself, don't try and be somebody else. And do you find um, that sometimes people think they have to change their voice because they're doing a presentation or a pitch or, or, or in another vi- variation of that?
1: Oh, no, 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 no. I'm never asking you to change your voice. I'm asking you to access your proper voice. That's the difference. Yeah. When I started out in the business, there wasn't a me to coach me. So in the late 70s, I'm rising on the shoulders, uh, standing on the shoulders of the early women broadcasters um, in America, such as you know Jane Pauley and Barbara Walters and those people. And I did think I had to change my voice. Fortunately, I was born with a voice that's a slightly lower register I'm lucky I didn't do any damage to my voice. So, no, I'm not asking you to change it. I'm asking you to access the voice and the range, the proper pitch at which you should be speaking, and a lot of us don't because we're breathing very shallowly and because stress is uh, forcing us to speak quickly and the pitch of our voice rises.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think think what I was meaning there, Susan, was that do you find that people – sometimes think they have to have a different voice. I know you're coaching them not to do that, but some of the people I work with, I find that they think they've got to try and change their voice, almost be like an actor when they're presenting, you oh. know, and uh, all that sort of stuff, which I'm I'm saying to them, no, be yourself.
1: Right, right, right. As I say to all my anchors and reporters, there are certain um, rules if you will that you have to follow, but ultimately your viewer, your listener wants to know who you are. You're going to deliver, you're going to storytell your information as only you can. So of course you're going to be your authentic self. The writing that you use, the words that you choose, the tonation that you're going to bring to that story, that's uniquely you. So never be afraid of that. In fact, um, I often say to anchors, you need to be the proper um, balance between friendly and approachable and strong. So where's the balance? Where's the middle? You have to choose that.
0: Yeah. And I think if you're delivering a presentation, which, you know, people listening to this podcast are listening for tips on doing that. I think that's, that's a great point. And that's exactly what they should be doing, isn't it?
1: Yes. and And everybody can do it in exactly the proportion that is suitable and perfect for you. It's not something that's hard to do. It's not something you can't do. It is something you can do. You just have to experiment with it. You have to practice with it. One simple tip is read a children's book to your dog, if you don't have a child, and play with the intonation of your voice. Listen to it.
0: Right. And so what about this breathing then, Susan? You were going to tell us a, a little bit about how to do that.
1: Yes. It's one of those things where babies are born knowing how to do this. If you've ever watched a baby on a changing table, you've undressed her, you put her in the bath and she's not happy. So she starts to wail. And the first thing you see is you see that belly expand and then she lets go with that cry (laughs) and all that air leaves her belly and it flattens back out. Somewhere around the time where we're learning to walk and then talk, that goes away. So I'm just gonna show you again how to breathe from your belly. And it's really very easy. And I'm just going to show you the simple way. Um, there's, I, I send my reporters and anchors through a slightly longer version of this. But one of the things I learned through singing lessons about 20 years ago is how important your shoulders are to your speaking voice. So the first thing I would tell you to do is to lower your shoulders, drop them let the weight of your shoulders drop because where do we carry tension? Where do we carry stress in our shoulders? If your shoulders are, st- are tense, it automatically tenses the muscles in your neck and into your jaw and into your face. And pretty soon you're breathing really shallowly and the pitch of your voice is going to be up here. And that's okay sometimes, but I don't want to listen to that for 30 minutes. Thank you. <laughs> drop your shoulders. <sighs> Next thing. I want you to notice your breath. My voice teacher used to say at the beginning, Susan, all you can do is notice. So I want you to breathe in through your nose on four counts, and I want you to breathe out on six.
0: There you go, listeners. Did you do
1: that? Do it two or three times. The third time as you as you breathe in that beautiful air and energy going all the way down to your diaphragm be mindful like that baby on the changing table your shoulders don't move and your belly expands with that air and then as you're going to take as you're going to speak after you've taken that belly full of air if you've done it right you will probably speak the next sentence in the range and tone of where you should be most of the time. Not saying you can't go higher and you probably shouldn't go lower, but that's about where you should be. And that's the simple way of doing that. Drop the shoulders, breathe so that your belly expands. I mean, you're low, I mean, all the way down. And I always say exhale on six to remind your brain that when you take that air in, you're going to have enough air to finish that sentence. A lot of reporters and anchors worry about that. Do I have enough air to get through this? It's a little trick that tells your brain, yeah, you do. You have enough air.
0: And if someone was doing a presentation season and they were speaking quite regularly and quite often because a lot of people are, when they're doing a presentation will just keep going. They won't necessarily have to stop for questions and all that in most presentations. So I'm thinking... Clearly, if you're going to make, if you're going to do this breathing exercise, probably the most important time to do it is just before you say your first few words and then try and keep it going.
1: Yes, exactly. You can rehearse it, you know, before your Zoom meeting, you can rehearse it before you present in front of, you know, your board of directors or in front of the Zoom with your coworkers. So, yeah, but I actually tell my anchors and reporters that if they're really serious about doing this, you take four post-it notes, and you write on them, I will notice my breath. (laughs) One goes on your computer, one on your steering wheel, one on your medicine cabinet or the bathroom mirror, and one on your refrigerator. When you pass the post-it note, stop. For one minute, do that breath work. In on four, out on six. I'll do the math for you. That's six breaths, give or take. And then go on about your day until you pass the next post-it note. When you do that breathing, you've actually done three things. Lowered your heart rate, lowered your blood pressure, and given your body its best shot at speaking in a beautiful tone. And every time you take a breath, you can reset it. I'm a narrator and I uh, work for Time Magazine on the weekends and I narrate articles. And I will often, I can go about three minutes before I trip up and I make a mistake and I go to edit. And, and since I'm very aware of how I sound, I'll go, oh yeah, your, your pitch had kind of gone up there a little bit. So when I go to retract that line, I bring the pitch back down. So even we experts and those of us who do it all the time have to reset the breath. And one of the ways you can be reminded to reset the breath is to take a pause. Ah. Talk about pauses. People are so afraid of not saying anything. (laughs) Let me tell you why a pause works. It works for you, the speaker, because it allows you to breathe again, reset your brain. It allows you to think about what sentence or thought or idea comes next. But it's really for your listener, because it allows your listener to catch up with what you've presented you, you have your pitch, you have your presentation down pat. You've practiced it. You've rehearsed it. You know what comes next. You know how you're going to finish it. Do those of us in your audience know that? No. (laughs) So give us a minute. Give us a minute to digest. Give us a minute to catch up. Pauses are your friend.
0: I think they are, and I think you're absolutely right. The power of the pause doing a presentation is is, is um, it can be amazing if you do it well, but you're right, a lot of presenters just think, oh, I've got to go, 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 keep going, keep going. When I'm working with them, one of the things I, I say to them is, think about how stand-up comedians deliver a punchline. They deliver the punchline, then they there's a gap, there's a pause, and they, they're asking you, the audience, to fill the gap. You've either got to laugh or clap or boo or whatever you want to do, but they're asking for a reaction. And I'm with you on that because I think if you deliver a key point in your presentation and then you pause, you are saying this is a key point. I'm giving you a gap to take it in, as you quite rightly say. So, yeah, exactly. we. we, we yeah. So if you're out there listening to this and you're thinking about doing that presentation, get those pauses in there. That really yes. does make a huge, huge difference. Now. One of the things, Susan, um, you know, you said it, you say on your website, you know, we want to say, we have plenty to say, which, you know, when people are presenting, they tend to go, you know, and they go off at 100 miles an hour. But we have to say it in a way that makes people want to listen to it. So what would you be, you know, what, what do our listeners need to bear in mind on that basis?
1: Sure. I often coach my reporters and anchors on writing. And the first thing I say is write short sentences. Short but elegant. I will often use the word elegant. I can tell you what short is. You and I will agree on what short is. We might, not dis- we might not agree on what elegant is. And that's something that you can decide. It could be an extra word that sparks a picture. It could be a series of words, a phrase that just paints the right idea. So write it short. And then I like, I'm very famous for saying, write it like a fifth grader, deliver it like a college professor. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) How old are you in fifth grade? You're 10. Write it almost like a 10 year old, but then you're going to present it with beautiful nuance in your voice, with the proper amount of pause, If you're using um, slides or uh, aids in your presentation, this is a little bit where they can come in. But if you keep the sentences short, more people will come away with a much better understanding of what you're trying to tell them. Everybody thinks that if you write in long sentences a la the New York Times, you sound smart. You sound oh so educated. Well, maybe that's true. But when giving a presentation or delivering a news story, how many times do you have to get your point across so that I understand it? One. If I'm reading the New York times, I can read that first paragraph six times before I, okay, now I know what they mean or, Oh yeah. All right. That phrase. So keep it short, keep it simple, but elegant and obviously, you need to be passionate about what you're talking about, what you're trying to get across to your audience. So make sure those nuances in your voice show that passion.
0: And what about pace, Susan? Because uh, I often work with people, you know, when we're doing practice presentations, and they, they because they're, ner- I think this is maybe because they're nervous, I'm not sure, but they tend to go off, you know, in my view, too quickly. You know, they start talking really quickly and uh, I go, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, your audience will never keep up. You've got to kind of slow it down. So how would you advise people to make sure they get the pace right for their audience?
1: Well, the pace can vary. There are certain lines probably in your presentation that I would call throwaway that are easy to digest, that not maybe overtly terribly important. And you can, you can speed up a little bit on those lines if you like. But I like to point out to my reporters and anchors the four things that I, the viewer, have or don't have. One, can I watch your lips? We don't think about this as being important in presentation, but I can't tell you how important it is. In conversation with one other person or a group, Watching lips is so critical to filling in psychological gaps that you may have missed in hearing. For example, if I said the word seem, but in a quarter of a flash of a second, your brain said, did she say seen? Your brain would say, no, no. She said seem because you saw her lips go, mm. Right. So watching your lips is Really, really important. And if you're in a lecture hall and your students are in the back of the room, can they see your lips? No. TV anchors, once they put B-roll or video on top of you, can they see your lips? No. If you put, pull up a slide that obliterates your face, can I see your lips? No. You. We talked about this. You have the script. I don't. Slow yeah. it down. Let me figure this out. I don't have the script. Pictures. Ah. B-roll slides, yeah, they help a little, but they're not that much of a help, to be honest with you. So don't rely on them. And then we also talked about this. How many times do you have to make the point? You have one shot at this, one. So your lips, the script, the pictures, one time. If you think of those four things, then you deliver your story, your presentation, with what I call intention. And if you're intentional and deliberate, it has to slow you down just enough so that I can catch up.
0: Now, what about confidence in using your voice, Susan? Do you, do you recommend that uh, people record their voice and then play it back? Because one of the things, you know, I... I don't do when I'm working with people on presentations and I know a lot of people do is say, right, let's record it on video because then I think, oh, if they watch it back, they're going to go, oh, well, did I really do that? Or did I do that? And they, they overanalyze it and then it kind of turns them away from actually having the confidence to deliver it. So from a voice point of view, would you recommend people listening to their own voice on a regular basis? How would you go about that?
1: I'll split the difference with you. What I tell my reporters is every day you're going to take The story that you did when you get home, going to put it on your computer, you're going to get it, call it up, turn up the volume and walk out of the room. I want you to be far enough away so that you can't analyze how it looks. Right. And I want you to be just far enough away that you're not so much paying attention to what you're saying, but how are you saying it? And then I just want you to listen for, was that too fast? Did I like what I heard? Was the pitch too high? Did my sentences drop off? Oh, that's another big one with me. Sometimes people end their sentences like this. Oh, I'm sorry. What was that last word? This? <laughs> so you have to be careful of how you end sentences. So I'll split the difference with you. No, I don't want you to overanalyze, but I do want you to get a general sense of how your voice sounds.
0: Great. Great. That's really good. I think that's a great idea. I, I really, yeah. Yeah, so you're mm-hmm. not you're not overanalyzing it. You're listening to it from afar almost. You're just listening, as you say, for those key things rather than right. getting too critical right. of yourself. Because one of the exactly. one of the challenges is if you get too critical, you never then get over the line and actually deliver it because, oh, it's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. You know, and I, that's why I never listen back to these podcasts and I rarely do any editing on the actual core content unless there's a major interruption because... I think. oh, I don't want to listen to that. I'll be going. Oh, I don't like listening to me and all that stuff. Cool. Anyway, now when you uh, before um, before we went live on the air, Susan, you sh- you had some beads with you, and you were going to show us a couple of little tricks <laughs> for that. Now this this sure. will be interesting on right. an audio okay. facility. We are we have got a YouTube version of this, listeners as well. But uh, let's have a go and see what happens.
1: Exactly. I was going to I- include the. Um, the picture so to speak um, in in how you prepare yourself to speak by using a string of pearls. Now this, I want you to think about your backbone from the very tip of your tailbone, up through your lower back and up through your middle back towards your shoulders, to your neck. And if your backbone went into your head, of course it does not. And it rose to the top of your head like this string of pearls and when you think about your backbone it's you know vertebra on top of disc on top of vertebra you think of that string of pearls being pulled gently from the top of your head so uh, sinking your shoulders and sinking the weight into your chair or into the balls of your feet if you're standing and then picturing your backbone as a string of pearls, as though somebody's gently pulling on them, that really creates what I call the unobstructed pathway for air and energy. And it sets up being able to access the beautiful voice from your diaphragm.
0: That's really interesting that I do quite a bit of running. You might see the shirts behind me. Yes. And, And some of the running coaches say, imagine there's something coming out the top of your head. And it's pulling you up so that when you're running, Ah. you're kind of upright and therefore your breathing is easier, you know. So it's a similar thing in a sense.
1: How about that? I didn't realize that was (laughs) a note for for people who run. Well, interesting. Now, if I could run, (laughs) if I could run, I guess I'd do it right. But ah, I don't think I'm going to Ah. run.
0: Try to run in that upright position. That's really interesting. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is – you know, here we are, we're doing this podcast recording, you're sitting down, I'm sitting on a kind of halfway house guitar stool. But when people are using their voice, clearly, is it, or am I making this up, is it going to be different maybe when they're standing up to when they're sitting down? And, you know, and particularly, you know, usually when you're in person, you're probably standing up, and when you're online, you're probably sitting down. So how do we, is there a difference, and how do we How do we manage that difference?
1: There absolutely is a difference, and it's been proven in studies, and in fact, I believe it was public television that commissioned the studies years ago. In the U.S., as you know, public television does fundraising drives several times throughout the year, and your programs are interrupted by people who come on and ask you to donate money to public TV. I did it for years. I wrote scripts. I was (laughs) a a public television fundraiser. I God, I have hours and hours and hours of it. And they learned that when you are – doing this standing up, it absolutely engenders more energy. So it's also easier, maybe a little bit easier, standing up to use your hands for emphasis, which is very important, but you can do that sitting down as well. So yes, standing, you absolutely have more energy. Sitting, I think you can overcome that. Because I will say, you know, drop the weight in your chair, drop your shoulders. But when you go back to the string of pearls example, it kind of pulls you up and it, it mimics standing, at least from the waist up. Yeah. So if you if you think of the string of pearls while you're speaking, it should elevate your voice, hence elevate your presentation.
0: Great stuff. That's a really, really top tip because of course, you know, certainly in the last two or three years during the pandemic, we've done more (sighs) presentations online, we've had to kind of re-energize the way we do them. And as I say, I'm sitting on a guitar stool, so there's no back to it. And, um, and it's kind of a halfway house between slumped in my office chair versus standing up. And um, I, I find it really useful to sit on this stool and be kind of energized in a different way to sitting on a normal chair. But that's... Oh, great.
1: sure. For my for my anchors, I will always say never let your back touch the chair. Ever.
0: Yeah. uh uh-uh. yeah. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. Top tips. Top. Susan, this is all great stuff. Now... Um, before um, I uh, ask you for to share a couple of top tips that people can take away and use straight away, um, can you just remind our listeners how, if they want to find out more about you or get in touch with you, how do they do that, Susan?
1: Sure. You can find me on LinkedIn, Susan Murphy, broadcast coach. I mean, it doesn't say broadcast coach, but you look for the... Susan was the top name to give to baby girls in 1956 in America. So let me tell you, there are a lot of Susan Murphys out there. But I'm the the only broadcast coach, trust me. So I'm on LinkedIn. And then I have a website, which is SusanMurphyVosat.com. Here's where you ask me what Vosat is.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's my next question.
1: (laughs) Vosat. Vosat is broadcast shorthand for... Voice over sound on tape. A reporter goes out and does a story, but she's not going to do a whole package on it, which is where she's part of the story. She's just writing it for the anchor. So when she writes it, the anchor starts out. You just you're looking at the anchor, and then the video starts and the anchor continues reading. That's called Vosat, voice over sound on tape. And it might include a sound bite. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but that's the VOSAT which just means it's a quick you know description of the video you're watching that the anchor is going to read vosat so i thought oh in my in my business if you know what vosat is you probably need me if you don't know what Bosat is, I've come to think you still need me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Susan, I'll put the uh, details of that in the show notes. So listeners, you can uh, find that Susan's website and also a LinkedIn profile on there. So to wrap this up, Susan, a couple of tips. You may have mentioned them already, but um, if you could share a, you know, a couple of tips that listeners could put into action straight away, what would they be?
1: One that I didn't share, not that anchors and reporters – admit that they're nervous, but most of us are before the red light, the tally light on a camera goes on or before the director says go um, or before it's your turn to speak in a meeting. Instead of thinking, oh God, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. Change the conversation in your head to, I'm so excited to do this. Uh, Drop the shoulders. Don't be, I'm so excited. No, 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 no. I'm so excited (laughs) be able to present this. Change the word in your head. It's the simplest tip and I guarantee you it'll work most of the time. So you're excited, you're not nervous. My top tip, drop your shoulders. If you remember nothing else from this conversation, drop your shoulders. It's really gonna help you lower the pitch. It's going to relax you. It's going to lower your blood pressure, lower your heart rate, drop your shoulders. And maybe the third one is pause. Don't yeah, be afraid great. to let people take in what you've said.
0: Yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. And I like I like that first one about, you know, that transition between, you, you know, trying to – I've heard somebody say before, you know, take that nervous energy – um, which can be a little bit negative sometimes. I always think you need a touch of nerves, you know, a little bit of an edge, you know, but not too much, obviously. And then, as you say, turn it into positive energy. So you're really looking forward to this. You're going to go out there. You're going to blast it. You're going to enjoy it. You can't wait to get out there instead of, oh God, I can't wait till it's over, you know, kind of thing. So uh, exactly. yeah, yeah yes. it's, it's a great yes. thing. And it's not easy to do, is it? You know, so, uh, uh, but no, great tips. It's great not tips.
1: easy, but it does work. I mean, if you, if you, Engender something long enough or try to you will eventually become it you yeah. will so great yes stuff. you are excited
0: <laughs> Susan that's been absolutely fabulous um you know really great great stuff and and for listeners out there you know just remember how important your voice is when you are delivering that presentation or that pitch it can make a big difference so Susan it's been great having you on the podcast i'll put all the things you've mentioned in the show notes what a great guest you've been thank you very much indeed
1: Well, thank you. You've been a great host. You know, the certainly the questions to push my buttons, and I hope we get to do it again. Fantastic.
0: Fantastic. We look forward to that. Thank you very much. Well, I hope, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to that and thinking, yes, I could use my voice better when I'm presenting, when I'm doing a sales pitch, or indeed any sales interaction, whether it's in person or on Zoom. So I'll put all the tips that Susan gave about, you know, how to be excited rather than be nervous about dropping your shoulders and using the pause. I'll put all of those in the show notes and you can access them there Also, So I'll put links to Susan both on LinkedIn and her website as well. So if you do like the show, don't forget, please do leave a review. That would be amazing. And if you like to leave a review and then screenshot it, Send it to me, podcast at trevorleemedia.co.uk. And in return, as a thank you for leaving the review, I'll send you a copy of my book, 12 Business Lessons from Running an Ultra Marathon. I've got a few left that are available for those who are leaving reviews. So get on that now. (laughs) Don't miss out. So there we go. So thanks very much for listening. See you next time.